So I've decided to record a microcast. Apologies for the uh, delay. I'm doing another one of those um, Doug Belshaw inspired talk into your phone microcast, which is a bit, I find this actually a bit weird, but I didn't want to waste too much time. So one of the reasons I'm uh, doing this microcast, and I'll, I'll do another one to talk about what's been going on for the last few weeks. I've been pretty, briz- pretty busy. But this is really in response to uh, a microcast that Doug did, uh, Thoughts Shrapnel Microcast episode 57 which is on uh well it's only available for patrons um subscribers i suppose you call it um so people who back doug on patreon i would totally recommend doing that obviously i do so i can listen to his microcast and in that microcast he's talked about this a lot already he's talked about this the uh sort of the issues and the approaches to uh uh, battling or not battling the likes of Facebook, Google and Twitter and their their business model. And so I've been thinking about this a lot, obviously myself in different ways and have been engaged with it. So, um, And if Doug thought his pod- microcast was a bit rambly, this one is probably going to be more so. So if I can summarise some of the conversation. So I think what, um, uh, what Doug has essentially boiled it down to is the fact that the services that are provided by these corporations are embedded in most people's lives. They are e- intuitive, easy to use, and provide a service that people would like. Um, and whether that service is then, you, how that service is using that data is down to that service. And that his argument is that we um, need governments or regulatory bodies to come in and control how that is managed. And I think that's a good a good thing because the other side is that he's talked about the fact that you know a lot of uh, privacy advocates I suppose are asking people to uh, ditch these tools and to try and manage without these services which is and he is totally right is still technically very tricky to do um, and also the people aren't no one's there so if you get on board how do you get other people there you know um, now I've had accounts on all of these networks and in fact, I still have accounts on all these networks, but I'm no longer signed in to a number of them. So I don't get notifications and I don't check them. And so I don't check Instagram. I don't check Facebook. But, uh, you know, members of my family, etc., are on there. They are still posting things. They're still engaging in that. And I am missing out on that for sure. I'm trying to move a few people over to a family based discord channel. But even that's proving hard unless I get them in the room. It's, you know, this still is a couple of things where sign up is not as obvious as it is with other services. So I think he, I think Doug is totally right in the sense that, you know, to ask people to just, you know, delete Facebook and all these kind of things is, is not uh, a course of action that is going to result in any major change. And in fact, it's just going to uh, deprive people of that, uh, where he talks about digital analogue. Uh, deprive people of that ability to communicate through a digital tool. Now, uh, my argument in terms of like what is the pr- what are the problems here, and I think that I'm not articulating as well as some, but is that um, the way that we see this information is mediated through that business model. So the timelines, the search is altered through algorithms designed to serve the business model of those organizations and that is not uh, an accurate reflection of what that search produces so if we were looking at say knowledge acquisition and we say the web is storing all of the knowledge of humankind and that is our and our access to it is through 
Google, my concern is that the search results are manipulated to the benefit of this business model and it doesn't help you to best dive through knowledge and information because it's being uh, manipulated to the ends of uh, through the ends of surveillance capitalism effectively and so that's bad so that's why i always tell people you know you why don't you, you know try a number of search engines because it won't be colored by the previous searches you've done try turning on you know private browsing mode so that your search has a level of uh, of cleanness um what is super interesting, and I have yet to to read about it because I haven't got Zuboff's new book, is the fact that all of this connects to the dot com bust, which I hadn't even I hadn't really even thought about. And she has obviously gone into it in depth. We're going to get to see her speak soon, which is great. So there's that. There's that issue of searching out things that are manipulated through that, and people don't necessarily are not necessarily as aware of that. Facebook is doing loads of stuff with data that it shouldn't be doing, and that certainly needs to be regulated. So. Doug calls for people to ask, you know, organisations such as the EFF and Open Rights in the UK to be supported to lobby for uh, legislative legislative change to ensure that they these corporations don't get too much control and that we don't end up in a sort of um, a Blade Runner scenario, um, which is great and I think that's fine um, and I totally agree that you know asking people to turn these things off is is not going to happen. I do think for a number of reasons why and why I'm building the education tool that I'm building is that these business models have come from a certain place, dot-com bust or whatever, and they are not necessarily the most appropriate business models to effectively what is the printing press of the 21st, 22nd century at this point. You know, it's, it's, the control is, is inappropriate in ways that is manipulating that information and that is uh, problematic, you know, and so alternatives need to be made but those alternatives have to serve real people which is why i'm focusing my activities around human-centered design processes or humanity-centered design processes and my two things with that is that they must consider consent of that data information at the front and they must consider the ethical implications of the fact that there will be data involved and who owns that data is really important and that boils down to my core thinking which is that devices etc are extensions of ourselves and they extend and augment our ability to be better humans to be better uh, people yet that extension that information extension is being controlled and manipulated and it's and that i fundamentally don't think is correct and that we need to start to offer alternatives so that people will shift from those platforms to other platforms for the reason that they want to have information presented without a particular view or they want to have the ability to share things with um, friends and family without that being uh, manipulated for advertising revenue. And if, if alternatives aren't put in place, uh, then, you know, the legislation is only going to go so far. And also it kind of seems like, you know, why, you know, well, I guess it's always the way, isn't it? You have to have laws in place to stop bad things from happening, for sure. Um, it seems unfortunate. And a, a talk I gave recently at an e-learning conference was that lots of the things that we wanted to be able to do in terms of knowledge building, understanding, and whatever, the web was unlocking, but it has been transformed to be something that is no longer doing those things in the mainstream. 
So I guess the thing is like we are moving towards a point where we are having to have multiple webs, which is great, I think, in some degree. But it appears that the mainstream version of the web that we currently have now is purely about marketing and advertising. Um, And we need some other ways of people engaging with the alternative versions of that of that information, be that through DAP protocol, be that through other means. But whatever means it is, it's got to be intuitive. It's got to be delightful and it's got to be ethical. And so um, I think to some degree, I totally agree with Doug, but I also think let's build stuff with that in mind and let's get on with doing it. And let's hope that whilst those companies are hopefully slowed down by legislation, alternatives will start to appear that provide the same level of intuitiveness and onboarding that these these current companies do. And uh, I think that's totally uh there's totally the capability to do that, but we need people signing up to that. And so for me, it's about going around telling people, this is what happens when you do these things. This is how your digital identity is being manipulated. It's important you know that. Did you know there's some alternatives available? Here's how you can get on board, you know, whether that's creating tutorials on just about to use some of these services until they've figured out some intuitiveness, whether that's telling people about them. You know, so I'm talking to people about microblog and other services and saying, hey, these exist. You don't need to use this or this. You know, you don't need to post it on here. You could post it on your own domain, etc., etc. So um, it's exciting. That was really my response to that current podcast um, from Doug. If you're not a patron of his, get on it, sign up, and you can listen to his uh, wonderful podcast and see his stuff on Patreon. If you want to support... Uh, myself then feel free to also follow my and support my patron so once again thanks for listening uh, there'll be another microcast shortly of all the good stuff i've been doing around my phd work loads of stuff okay thanks again for listening Bye.